0: Rachel Meadle from Talking With Tech.
1: And I'm Chris Bougay from Talking With Tech.
0: We have a podcast dedicated to augmentative and alternative communication, all things related to helping kids with complex communication needs.
1: If you have a passion for helping people with language disabilities, this is the show for you. Each episode features an interview or a roundtable discussion on a topic related to augmentative communication and helping people with language disabilities.
0: And we're really passionate about giving practical strategies to clinicians working in the field who are working with children or adults anything related to AAC.
1: So you can look us up on iTunes or you can find us on Facebook. We've got a group over there. Or check out our website at bit.ly slash TWTPodcast.
0: Please join our community of professionals that are working to ensure that everyone can say whatever they want to say, however they want to say it.
1: The views and opinions expressed during this show do not necessarily reflect, reflect the, the policy or
2: position, or position of any affiliated workplace or employer. The views and opinions of this show do not constitute recommendations for therapy. Please Please contact contact. a licensed SLP for individual consult on your situation. Please listen carefully.
0: What is communication?
2: An essential behavior of life. We have the... Both blessing and responsibility are trying to foster another. It's the strongest way for two people to convey information to each other.
3: Communication is a lifeline.
4: It's just connection with other people. Connecting people in terms of ideas,
1: thoughts, or needs. It draws us out of ourselves, draws us into that relationship, you know, builds up our families without
2: any loss. Whatever it is that we do to express intent and achieve an impact.
3: Communication is the ability to express your needs, wants, frustrations and desires to anyone that you feel needs to have that information.
5: Welcome to Speech Science, episode number 107, being brought to you sort of live, live to tape in the middle of a pandemic. I'm Matt Hot, joined as always from Bourbon County, Michelle Wintering.
1: Hi, Matt. I'm actually not in Bourbon County because there is a Bourbon County.
2: Is there really a Bourbon yep. County?
5: Yeah. Oh, all right. And not in Bourbon County,
2: Michael McLeod. What's up, buddy?
5: And special guest from the land of Florida Man, Rachel Archambault, the PTSD SLP.
3: Hey, guys.
5: woo um, First off, I love Florida Man stories because the Florida Man stories make me feel better about 95% of everything that I'm doing in my life. So I got to say thank you for having Florida Man on lockdown.
3: You are so welcome.
5: Guys, we are proud members of the Exceptional Podcast Network, and we want to hear from you because you, the listener, are the most important. So make sure you head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com. From there, you can email us, speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com. Give us a phone call or a text, 614-681-1798. You can also check us out on our Discord, the link uh, somewhere down below, depending on where you're listening this. Scroll down. It'll be there somewhere. Guys, I thought we would break this. I guess it's more, I should say, ladies and gentlemen, we should change the flow of our show because the world has changed uh, since episode 106 dropped. Guys, I thought we would look at what we're doing in this brave new world known as the Corona COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, In case you haven't been paying attention, everything is shut down. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Yeah, it definitely has.
1: I mean, I was going to make a joke that, what do you mean? What's changed?
5: But <laughs> right? Like, how do you, like, one, I'm a very sarcastic, terrible human being at the core of my center of my soul, and I cannot make jokes about this because it is too damn depressing. I had to send an email out to all my teachers today, and I changed the lyrics to uh, the sound of music song oh
3: gosh
5: to just let them know that my progress reports were done just to try to make somebody's day a little bit better guys this sucks i'm just going to be flat out honest this sucks absolutely
2: absolutely sucks massive pain in the ass
1: i like that you're writing parodies
5: though can you send that to us i can read it here in a moment but (laughs) let's check in with everybody Rachel. We invited you on here because you're the PTSD SLP. Um, First, I have to apologize to you in person and on air that when I saw you in Florida, I had a moment of, did I go to school with you? Because you're like, Matt, hi. And I'm like, hi. And you're like, Rachel. And I was like, oh, yeah. But Rachel, we'll start with you. What is going on currently March 22nd down in Florida I know there were people at the beach like three days ago. What's going on down there now?
0: The
3: beach is pretty much closed. Um, I'm in South Florida, and I'm I live in Fort Lauderdale, so um, they actually had like horse cops over there that were sending people away. Got that intense that people weren't listening. The bars were open. I just took my dog out today, and the apartment complex next to me was having like a full-on barbecue, (laughs) not not paying attention to social distancing. I was gonna take a picture, and then I was like, "Oh, I don't want to be that person." But um, (laughs) it's some people are taking it super seriously, and some people aren't. And I think uh, I watch the news, and I think Florida is just behind, like every other state. Like uh, even even uh, the county that I work in for school-wise. Palm Beach County went first, closing school. Miami-Dade County, closing school for everyone. Broward County comes out that next day and they're like, closing school except staff. What do you mean? That doesn't mean the school's closed. It's just silly, silliness all the time here.
5: I saw your post about you guys having to go in or something crazy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then within four hours, our teachers union thankfully got on it and was like, you need to cancel that decision. And they did. And we didn't have to go in this entire week. And now we're in spring break. So, woo.
5: Yay. (laughs) And then, Michelle, I thought of you when up here in Ohio, we had a sign language interpreter that had a sign language interpreter i don't know if you got to see this and i'll go more into details in a moment if you haven't but what's going on in kentucky what is the lowdown in kentucky right now
1: well it was it's been interesting because two weeks ago right after we recorded 106 i left for pittsburgh right so i was up in pittsburgh at which i'll just give a shout out to that if you ever have an opportunity to attend the pals um, seminar, which is a free AAC course put on by Minspeak Semantic Compaction. It was probably one of the best professional development I've attended. So, shout out to them. You um, have a chance, look it up. But I was up in Pittsburgh as they started closing their colleges and schools there. And I felt like it kind of went with the wave because then I'm driving back through Ohio, stopped to see my family, my parents. And they're closing schools. And I tried to make a stop at Costco like I normally do. And that was a horrible decision because <laughs> I turned right back around and left because there was a 50-person line for a shopping cart. And then um, and then got to Kentucky. And within two days, they had closed all the schools and daycare. So it sort of just ripples down. Uh, but yeah, here in Kentucky, schools, daycares closed. My job in outpatient therapy through a big hospital network that has the main hospital of course which is still open for inpatient but as of friday for two weeks we're closing all outpatient clinics so um so my job's closed for two weeks and then uh, of course i think like a lot of places are going towards restaurants bars Uh etc it's only carry out or delivery and um, churches and whatnot are all canceling canceling services so i think that that wave is hitting more of the country this week especially
5: and i know your congressman just made the news because rand paul was uh found positive with COVID 19 and yep. there are differing reports but as of 8 45 p.m on march 22nd uh it's unsure if he went to the gym and swimming and hung out with mitt romney before or after he knew about his positive uh, diagnosis. Mike, what's going on in Pennsylvania? Uh, you're over in Philly, correct?
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so here I am in Philly. Pretty much uh, all schools are closed. All early intervention is closed. So all these kids with IEPs, all these kids with services are now home getting zero services, uh, driving all their parents insane uh, because they're incredibly anxious. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> Uh, my, the building where my clinic is got shut down, so which was inevitable anyway. I was already doing teletherapy, so I'm doing full teletherapy now uh, throughout the entire week, wow. which ac- which actually has been surprisingly well. It's gone it's gone really well. In, uh, it, it's actually helpful in terms of collaborating with the parents and the kids in their natural environment and working with them and them being motivated and engaged. Uh, it was it was a week of really positive sessions and all the kids were happy and it was fun and. I feel like I'm a master at Zoom now. And uh, <laughs> well,
1: I mean, you turned that around from not doing teletherapy with your private practice, right? In about yeah. 48 hours to doing yeah. it. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. I did. Uh, Way to go. <laughs> I did zero teletherapy before this. Uh, I did like some like FaceTime here and there, but never like hardcore true teletherapy. I uh, spent an entire weekend setting it up with all the families and we had a great week. Uh, it was really positive, really good. We'll see how the second week goes. Uh, but it, it was good. It was productive, but nothing beats the face-to-face. Teletherapy is awesome. I, I think it's a great wave of the future, but face-to-face therapy at the school, in the home, in the clinic, nothing beats it. So I can't wait till this is behind us.
1: Well, and especially with what you target as executive exactly. functioning skills that yeah. over a screen isn't always going to be the best platform for it.
2: Exactly. Yeah, but but in terms of what we what we have been dealing with, uh, I would say that it's been it's been productive. I'm able to keep in touch with the families more, and uh, I, I've set up like some virtual social groups with some of the kids that are stuck in their house. So like I'll send like a Zoom invite to like ten kids at once and just see who zooms, see who uh, who joins in.
1: Who and, uh, zooms? <laughs> zooms That's yeah. cool.
2: Who zooms in? Uh, and yeah, it's been awesome. And then like eventually I can just leave and let them just talk to each other, and so so it, it works out well.
5: You were very mad at me when I said, oh, you should just do one therapy session where they build a digital version of your office in Minecraft, and then you could do therapy in Minecraft. Now's your opportunity.
2: Did I get mad about that? <laughs> yeah, you did.
5: You did. You're <laughs> like, yep. you're like video games, what?
2: No. Yeah, well, I, 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 I did play some uh, I did play some Roblox this week. Yeah, one, right? of the, one of the kids taught me about Roblox. So it's like it's a cool game you can play while you're on zoom together and you can play uh, like co-op, uh, multiple oh, cool. So that was really fun. That was actually a lot of fun.
5: Up here in Ohio. Uh, I feel like, like somebody posted it and I'm totally stealing it off of Facebook, but it was like the kindergarten teacher that is just constantly taking recess minutes away from the class as no one listens. Because first mm-hmm. off yeah. I got to give governor Mike DeWine and Dr. Amy Acton Awesome cred, because I don't even think Acton is a Republican and DeWine is a Republican, but they have been lockstep uh, this entire time. And every day they come out and something new has been taken away from us in Ohio because people are dumb in the state and going out. But basically, as we stand now, after tomorrow, um, all restaurants are closed except for carry out and and drive through. Uh, Let's see. Bowling alleys, gyms, tattoo parlors, beauty salons, nail, nail parlors, those are all closed. Um, adult daycare is closed. Senior centers are closed. A new rule after tomorrow is that we are supposed to be locked in our homes, or I'm sorry, shelter in place wow. after midnight, unless you are going to the grocery store yeah. or hospital or going for a walk at a park, which I don't understand that part. I do mean
1: like um, walking your dog. No, he stuff, said go right? to the park.
5: He said go yeah. to the park, not the playground. Those are closed, but walk.
1: Well, walking uh, is good. Get people walking. I know, walking. I, know I
5: know, but that's, I know. People are that's dumb. <laughs> uh, and then uh, also they have made the change here. Daycare, I think it is now no more than six kids in a daycare at a time.
1: Mm, is but that to crazy. try to provide something for mm-hmm. healthcare workers for and first responders and stuff?
5: I am still considered an essential employee and I am still doing home care and going into nursing facilities.
2: Wow, look at you, man.
5: That is terrifying. Just so everybody knows, there is nothing more terrifying than walking up, getting your temperature taken, and then having it taken again because they take it like two or three times each facility. And there's that moment where you're like, is my temperature going to spike? Did I get exposed to something? And that is very stressful. Um, but other than that, we've been on spring break from the school job. Uh, so the next two weeks that we are off for the state mandatory, uh, I will be starting some sort of teletherapy. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I, wanted to, I figured we would talk about the three S's today. The status of our states, the stress levels, and the ability to do service. You guys like how I did that? Very nice. See, I just needed some reinsurance. Also, I could say that I'm a Slytherin in uh, Harry Potter world. So there's another mm-hmm. S.
3: Rachel's shaking her head at you. I'm a Gryffindor. Are you really? But I also I look like Ginny Weasley.
5: Fair. Michelle, do you know what Harry Potter house you're in?
3: I haven't taken it.
5: Mike, no.
2: what was the question?
5: Do you know what Harry Potter house you're in? No. Okay.
3: He's a Hufflepuff for
1: sure. Yeah,
5: he's a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Okay. No one wants no one wants to Slytherin until they need them, just saying. But All right. so we've talked about the status of our states. Let's talk about the stress. And then before we even get to the services. Or should we go services first? You're the boss.
1: Uh, services. Yeah, let's go services Seriously. first.
5: Yep. So according to IDEA, whatever minimal access your gen ed students have. Your students with special education need the same services. There's a whole lot of gray area in that because now no one really knows what they're doing. And I don't want you guys to talk about your individual school districts because I don't want to put anybody in a position that, that have to defend that later. But I've heard a lot of school districts don't even know what where to start with this.
1: Well, I think that's it. People, I mean, this is this our generation, our, anyone who's alive right now has not experienced something like this mm-hmm. across, uh, across the world in, in essence, right? And um, so I think that there is, I mean, things, rules are being made up as we go. I know we have IDEA to guide us, but school districts, I, I don't work in the school district right now, but everything I'm hearing from friends who do is that school districts are making the call to either have therapists try to do teletherapy or maybe certain students try to do teletherapy, like the real high need, high risk, high necessity sort of thing, Um, sending home packets with families, um, trying to bridge that gap somehow. And others who have said, hold off for these three weeks, we'll readdress it if it's still going on after three weeks.
5: I know Kansas recently. This is according to a post in Dr. Meredith Harold, uh, who I think we'll actually hear later today or later on this episode. Uh, they are uh, suspending schools for the rest of the school year in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Now
3: Crazy. I'm only till April fifteenth. I don't know about the rest of you. Like that was the the only date that we've been given is April fifteenth, and then I I don't know what's going to happen. But I've been on the speech bo- um, Facebook pages that are national, you know, and people are like, no, we're closed indefinitely. No, we're closed. We're not closed. Like it's such a difference depending on what state, what County. So I don't know what's going to happen with that.
5: Ohio was given April 6th as a date, but the governor has stated that he will extend that if needed. And then like two days later, he said that we won't hit the peak of this until June or July. Mm -hmm.
2: I feel like the, the, the U.S. with uh, just being a grouping of states with the separate state governments and everything mm-hmm. has really kind of made everything not uniform and disorganized and, and, and it really made this really tough on people. Like everyone has, is under a different set of rules and everyone's doing things differently. And you hear what other countries are doing and everything seems to be countrywide uh, regulations. So here it's just a matter of where you are, what state you're in, what province you're in, what, what uh, town you're in. Uh, it's really made things tough on people.
5: Now, what I'm going to do for my kids, and this is not uh, school-directed or state-directed. Um, for my, I, I work with middle school kids. For my middle school vocabulary and reading comprehension kids, I'm going to print off and email a Newzella article. If everyone knows what Newzella is, it's a uh, – they take – Newspaper articles from around the world and make them different levels of reading so that, you know, if you've got an introductory reader or a high level reader, uh, they can still get the same information. They've got WH questions attached to it. Uh, I'm going to create a short little video um, and just kind of talk to the kids and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what I want you to do. Uh, I'm going to do the same thing for my social skills kids and use an everyday speech video and some printouts. Um, And then just mail that out to the kids for the next two weeks. And as kind of like their one week of homework each week, just to kind of start until we get more guidance, at least here in Cincinnati. I'm
3: going to be doing the new Zella articles as well with my high schoolers. Uh, I was already doing that with them there, but this is just the easiest thing. And then for my, Um, upperclassmen, I'll have them do SAT and ACT work, which uh, that's on hold too. You know, um, it's up in the air right now, but I I feel bad for my kids that I work on pragmatics with that are now stuck at home that aren't forced into those situations to have those discussions with peers, with, with other people that they've been building on the entire year. And now there's no discussions happening up with their parents or siblings but that's all I can help them with right now
1: well and you both shared I think Mike and Matt both shared I didn't get a chance to read it all but it was an opinion piece written about you know the kids that miss out the most when school is closed right now those are the, often the kids we serve.
2: That's definitely the toughest. Are these uh, with social skills needs, these kids that really only get the social interaction when they're at school uh, and now they're home and they don't have the proper interventions to work on these things. And and of course, your low functioning kids that are really tough with uh, with teletherapy. Uh, there's so many kids that are getting hurt by this during crucial years of growth mm-hmm. and development.
5: Yeah, it, it's it, it's tough because like I, I sit here as the ASHA Seal for Ohio and the Ohio schools rep. And I'm split between representing what – I don't want to put more work and stress on, on school-based SLPs because saying, oh, we need to do this. We need to take care of this. But at the same time, we do have a responsibility and a – I don't want to call it a vow, but like a responsibility to to deliver the services in the best way that we can. and. I know I made the comment on a post earlier this week that, you know, we were talking about ETRs and IEP deadlines. And my recommendation as the Ohio SEAL and the Ohio schools rep is do what you can to get it legal. It is much easier to handle an an amendment six weeks from now than it is to handle an out-of-compliance ETR and IEP six weeks from now. If you're out of compliance, the state comes in, and they will pull records and they want to find out exactly why you're out of compliance. And they'll put you on a, a improvement plan that you have to check things in and send it to the state. And if it is, you know, because of a sickness, like a, a pandemic issue, your your improvement plan will still be you have to turn things into the state. It's a lot more work, at least here in Ohio, than it is to have a phone conference for a three-year evaluation and say – our data hasn't changed because of limited da- limited testing. Your student still qualifies. We'll come back together and do new testing in six months. At least that's what I'm recommending. Well,
1: and I'd, I'd like to hear from people in other states to see what... I, I'm curious. Like, I'm, on, I'm wondering what people are doing as those are coming what up. What are they
5: telling you in Florida?
3: We haven't heard anything yet. Okay. Um, I, I'm still waiting. But I, I guess my personal... I just don't get how the state could or any state could be like you guys are out of compliance why we've been out for however many months however many weeks when when we finally get the all clear how could anyone be like what what is the reason for this um global pandem- pandemic that's the reason i know so It'll i don't get a it we
1: drop down box, like reason for out <laughs> of compliance. yeah, yeah. Um, i
5: i think the problem happens and i'm not taking and i'm not I'm I hear what you're saying Rachel I'm using right. the the me words i words yeah. I hear what you're saying <laughs> it could I couldn't I, I, I think exactly. the issue happens is that there will be a parent somewhere Of course. That it it, it may be in Ohio, it may be Florida, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Kentucky, Kansas, any Hawaii? How
2: about all of them?
5: All of them. There's going to be a parent that says my ETR is out of out of compliance. Right, and, of course. You, and 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 that's, like, I think that's why my suggestion is get it legal. Like, I know in Ohio that if nothing changes on a document, you have to make a note of why nothing has changed. So, for example, uh, a student doesn't meet their goal, but you still think the goal is good. In Ohio, if you put in the present level a statement that says a uh, student didn't, was unable to make adequate growth, uh, we will increase support, the goal can remain the same. I, I think you're going to find that that's kind of what we need to do for these IEPs and ETRs. Now I sound like the downer, terrible, No, you, the man, I feel the like fed. You are
3: the, the correct answer. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the I, answer I, to I'm, one once. Yes. And I guess I, mine is like, peace and love like why does why does no one get this and and like i know that's not realistic and especially i have very uh intense parents and i know that they're gonna be like come to my house and work with kids and i don't know what our directive is and it's hard not to know right now because i i do have parents that are texting me when are we starting i'm like well it's spring break right now um so no one is working but when we get back we'll we'll figure it out
2: Oh yeah. My, my building got shut down where my clinic is. I sent a mass, I sent a mass email, all the, all the non-essential businesses basically, Mm -hmm. uh, like it's a, it's a medical building. So we got like, we basically got an email from the tenant saying that these businesses should be shut down. Uh, I sent a mass email out to all the parents that we're going to transition to teletherapy. And I still had some parents show up at the clinic and be like, Hey, Hey, the door's locked. Where are you guys? So it's just oh. it's 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 just it it happens and we're only we're only really a week into this like kind of whatever depending where and you then, are yeah exactly wait until wait until there's like weeks and weeks now of these online classes and these online schools and the parents are watching these kids take classes online on the computer on Google Hangouts or Google Classroom whatever it may be and they're watching their and, and Maybe this is really going to show them what us therapists and teachers and all us school staff go through every day, and that the, you know these these master's degrees are not uh, are not meant for nothing.
1: I do see pass the, them out like candy. Well, I do see the That's memes right. pop up that say. You know all, all the different groups of people you could say no one's ever gonna at least for a little while after this, people will not question teachers anymore or yeah. um, or, therapists <laughs> maybe, or maybe a day or t- maybe a day, a day or, or two. two. Or I've also gotten the flip side of that for um, for people who are home from work now saying yeah. I'm not gonna question stay-at home parents anymore <laughs> who are, are oh, doing yeah. that end of it. So I think maybe it's a little grace for all of us to extend to each other.
2: All you do is play games with the kids.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do kind of wonder about that when I send home by like new Zella articles and my videos, like our parents going to go, wow, this is, this is what you do in therapy or yeah. wow. This is what you do in therapy. Yeah, that is what my is the My ultimate concern is, is that, um, I, Michelle, you're right. I want to hear what other people are doing. So head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com and email us speechscience at gmail.com. Give us a phone call or a text message, 614-681-1798. We've talked about the status, we've talked about the service. Uh, we're going to take a short break. After the break, it'll be Angie Merced. She is a speech and language pathologist. She also talks about burnout. I figured it would be an appropriate episode to uh, uh, touch on that. Also, we've got a new update from the Informed SLP. And when we come back, we'll talk about the st- uh, the status, I'm sorry, the stress levels that we are all under and maybe some ways to handle it. And also, Rachel, we're hoping that's where you shine. You're listening to Speech Science.
0: Hi, I'm Mei-Ling Chan
1: and I'm Martin Sibley
0: and we are the hosts of the Exceptional Leaders Podcast where we spotlight high profile topics and amazing people who are changing the world view on disability.
1: Even though we are oceans apart, we are bringing people from all over the world together to discuss inclusion, advocacy, accessibility, and real life journeys.
0: So listen to the Exceptional Leaders Podcast to hear the voices and stories from amazing changemakers and be inspired to make a real difference in the world.
2: Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
5: Welcome back to Speech Science. I'm Matt Hott. joined today by Angie Merced. She's a certified life coach and school-based SLP have you ever thought about burnout or has it affected you this is what she knows about she lives with her husband and two little girls upstate in rochester new york her passion is to rescue the slps who are feeling overwhelmed overworked or trapped in a career they are supposed to love she shows her clients how to reclaim their energy create more time and generate resources her mission is to help whips help whips what is that help whip smart slps do less
4: Yes, because SLPs are whip smart.
5: I've never heard that phrase before. See, I fear this. Angie, welcome to Speech Science.
4: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
5: (laughs) Angie, we've seen the ASHA article uh, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago. When we are recording this, it is in February, about crying in your car. I've been to ASHA conventions before where the person that told me about burnout, I should be meditating at my desk with the lights off because that I always have time for. (laughs) I work two SLP jobs. I coach. I run a podcast. I feel I am burning up and I'm burning out. Angie, help (laughs) me out here. What is burnout?
4: (laughs) Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So burnout is being more and more recognized by the, you know, healthcare. It's It's just becoming more and more of a real thing that's happening. It's really categorized as a syndrome. Actually, it's in the ICD-11, um, not as a medical condition, but as a workplace phenomenon. Hmm. So, yeah, um, but it's a syndrome that's conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been managed. So, I mean, we all have stress, like that is a part of our lives, that's that's what happens. But the signs of burnout kind of happen in three stages and there's three components of burnout. So the first one is energy depletion, so exhaustion. So it's just not just physical, but also mental and emotional exhaustion. And the way I like to explain it is it's like water, you're, if if water is energy, you're like a spaghetti strainer <laughs> and, <laughs> and you just can't catch up. You just, it's just, you're constantly losing energy. And then the second stage of burnout is really the you have a like they call it mental distance so there's like a negative uh, your brain kind of gets really critical and your brain gets really cynical about about things and from there like that's why it's so hard to get out of burnout because it's so hard to see any kind of solutions or be even open to any kind of solutions
5: is this like where you say i hate my job i hate my boss i hate my desk. My chair doesn't go to the right height. Is that like that same idea? Yes. Like, okay. like
4: everything. and every, Yeah. I mean, and, and right. I mean, when your brain, your brain's really good at finding problems. Like that's what your brain is designed, designed to do. And, um, it's, it's definitely not a, um, it's, it's not a fault, but this is part of what happens when you're exhausted. Like the exhausted part happens first then you see that mental distance part start to come in. So, I mean, it's nobody's at fault for that. That's This is kind of what, this is the progression of what happens. Um, and then the third part is the uh, reduced professional efficacy. So, you know, you, you start to really have a hard time producing at work, at home. Um, so that's when the rest of your life is starting to really be impacted. Um, some of the things that I see, though, that when I'm working with uh, people in my coaching practice, is there's they're also experience a lot of confusion, a lot of um, scatteredness, kind of qu- over questioning things and over questioning themselves. Um, definitely a lack of confidence, which. I can certainly certainly relate to that. Um, <laughs> compare and despair, if you've ever worked in another room with lots of speech pathologists. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just difficulty making decisions and feeling confident about your decisions.
5: So it would be the reduced professional efficacy, is that the idea, of, it's almost like imposter syndrome at that point? Where you feel like you um, don't belong or is that something a little bit different?
4: Well, that's when you've, I think that's something a little bit different. I think imposter syndrome can actually come even before burnout. Like I oh, think, okay. I kind of think imposter syndrome is just kind of a normal thing that oh. <laughs> we all have my, like, like I still have that 19 years in, like, right. I can always know, feel like I know what I'm doing, but I just try things and <laughs> know that, it's, Yeah.
5: So I read uh, a few months ago, I don't remember if we talked about it on air or not, but there was an idea that those of us in healthcare have almost like a caregiver stress where we want to <laughs> do the best for our patients. And then because we can't always do the best because of physical limitations of the patient or time constraints, because we only get them for 35 minutes because they have to go to dinner or something like that, that leads to more unsureness of your position. And then can that lead, I read that, I guess that leads to more stress. And does that, the idea that leads to more, uh, what did you call it? Mental distance and that exhaustion part.
4: I totally, totally. I think, you know, and and that's that piece of backing it up. Like, yeah, we only have 30 minutes. There's a lot of, factors going on that that are impacting our therapy and not being able to manage all of that is tough and, and one of the things that I always try to come back to is just you know uh, how can I just show up as a human being with this little with this little person I work with third through fifth graders but, Ooh, but
5: too young for me
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love my third through fifth graders but um yeah, just, just remembering, like, there's a lot of research behind, um, you know, therapy is very uh, effective, but a lot of it depends on your relationship with the client. So, remembering just that they're a human being and that you're a human being and just show up like that. And, and, and I think at least that helps me. Um, scale back on all of those <laughs> oh my gosh Like we're not, all of those other things all of those other things that aren't happening happening and can't happen and some of this stuff isn't even in our control and and we think we're the, the problem is is when we think we're not as not being as effective as we should be
1: mm-hmm.
4: it makes us feel bad or maybe even like an imposter or something like that and when we feel that way it makes us kind of like hide and have this weird energy, like, you know, this not very confident energy. And then we're literally creating a result of not really showing up as our best.
5: Now, when we look at burnout, when we look at at our fields, you know, here in Ohio, we have max caseloads of 80, unless you get permission from the state to have more. Arizona has over a hundred, Indiana has a hundred. I have no idea what New York's caseload max is
4: um i think that it's 65. i'm moving
5: (laughs) back upstate when i live there um, (laughs) but can that add because like i i I hear from other slps that they're saying oh my gosh my caseload is so big i have no time to get a drink of coffee let alone do my job are those are there other factors that lead to burnout because you were saying like the signs, you know, exhaustion, mental distance, and the reducing of professional efficacy. But like, what are some signs to look out for that maybe you are burning yourself out? I kiddingly said, but like, I really, you know, myself, I work two jobs and coach and do all this. Mm -hmm. How do I know when I've hit my max?
4: (laughs) I mean, I think a lot of the reason why we are where we are is because we, no one teaches us this in our life. No one teaches us how to set Boundaries for ourselves. We certainly don't it, learn it in grad school, right? In <laughs> yeah, fact, that. <laughs> we learn the opposite of that. Um, so one of the one of the tools that I teach that I think is so important are boundaries and just simple intentional yes and no questions that we ask ourselves. So you know, how are we going to use our? How do you want to use your time? Mm-hmm. How do you want to be uh, treated in your relationship? Even, you know, thinking about your whole life, how do you want your life set up? And from there, you make these decisions of how you will shape your life. Now, that's like a very overarching um, example, but it really does bring the idea of intentionality as far as how you will create what you want to create. Now, I think a lot of us have given way too many yeses over way too many years. And we do have to start saying no little by little. Um,
5: And that's the hard part, I find. I mean, I find for myself where, you know, my state association will say, hey, Matt, do you want to do this? And I'm like, not really, but I will. And then I find myself at ASHA at the end of the year sitting, you know, in a state association meeting. It's, how do you get that power um, to say no? How yeah. do you do it? How do I get there? <laughs> one, of the,
4: one of the things that I really lean on, one of the things, a couple things. One of the things that I really lean on, first of all, like on my day-to-day mm-hmm. is my schedule. So I recommend to my clients that we do not do to-do lists. We do schedules. That way we know what we have time for and what we don't have time for. So everything that you have to do Gets on your schedule. Oh. So, which that does take some some front loading time. Um, but I always say it's like if if I told you if you give me a hundred bucks on Monday, I'll give you five hundred bucks on Friday. You take that deal, scheduling right. that schedule, right? Right, right. <laughs> That's what that front loading is, um, and getting back to back to the schedule when you have everything on your schedule, then someone asks you to do something. Oh, you know, we have three more avails we need you to do. Then it's simple, like, okay, I can't get to that until three weeks from now, unless you want me to move something else.
5: Okay, I see what you're you're saying. (laughs)
4: Um,
5: I like that idea of scheduling so that we know what we have time for versus what versus like a to-do to do list being, what do we have to do? I love that idea.
4: Yeah. Yeah, because then your to-do list is like, n- just it's, it will never ever well, end. And, that, and
5: I, I was looking at, I'm sorry, I was looking at my to-do list today and I have 104 <laughs> unchecked boxes on my to-do list today. Right? And some of it is like, replace the smoke detector batteries, <laughs> paint the bench mm-hmm. outside schedule turn like I'm looking at my this and I'm going right I played video games with my kids for an hour and a half instead of doing any of that
4: yeah and that's okay like like I would love you to have playing video ca- games on with your kids in your schedule yeah but I always recommend like that time goes in your schedule first like your oh. time um which speech pathologists mostly have a massive <laughs> resistance to rest and relaxation, but. I'm going to stay on topic here. Um, Oh, I was going to say, then the other thing about those long to-do lists is like, so yeah, you know, you didn't get to the bench or the smoke detectors and all that. But the thing is, is it, that's in your brain Mm -hmm. and that's going. And guess what happens? That's one of those energy drains. That's one of those holes in your strainer. (laughs) Because you kinda know what's in you you know it's on your to-do list. Whereas when it's on your schedule, then it's like, yep, oh, okay. I don't have to think about that until it comes on my schedule.
5: So is one of the biggest signs or one of the biggest keys for burnout just over overselling yourself or over promising yourself?
4: I I I think I think it is, but it's like that term alone over promising is like Mm -hmm. very subjective. Right. So, you know, like we all have those, like, well, I, you know, I have a lot of clients that come to me and they're like, well, I have to, I mean, I have to work. It's not like I can quit. I have to pay my bills. (laughs) I have to pay my taxes. Um, And what I usually, I, I have this tool that I work with them and, and show them that really there's nothing that we have to do, right? Like we don't have to pay our taxes. <laughs> we choose to pay our taxes because we don't want to have the con- we don't want to go to jail, right? right. Like, <laughs> but we forget that we're consciously choosing that. We're consciously choosing to work because we do want to support our families. We kind of forget that conscious choice, which I think is a very subtle, but very important thing to remember. Because as soon as your brain tells you you have to do something, mm-hmm. it, it your brain gets really cranky about that. <laughs> like it, does, it, it doesn't like it. Ask anyone who's gone on a diet and says, "I okay, I'm not eating sugar this week, <laughs> right? right. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> Right. Your brain is going to throw a complete fit about it, which then is another energy drain.
5: I was, you know, researching before our conversation, just kind of some stuff about burnout and and kind of reading some stuff. And it said one of the keys or not the keys, but one of the signs that you might be burnout in your career is a constant jumping from job to job. Mm -hmm. Why is it that that sometimes with burnout, we try to find something with less stress? Cause I'm thinking about it where I've switched jobs five times in 10 years for speech, patho- speech pathology. And I'm starting to wonder if it was the job or if it was me that needed the change.
4: Well, I mean, I think it's different for every person. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's really clear in the research with burnout is people that have an external locus of control versus an internal locus of control are more susceptible to burnout so it's like those they see everything around them as like happening to them and they kind of forget that they get to have a choice about how they want to react to that situation because we all have stress we all have things that come we all have people that come into our lives and demands and things that happen that are right. stressful in our lives. Um, I think when you're in burnout, it's like, you're so, you're so dependent on everything kind of going right in your world. Like it's like, you can't take one more thing, one more thing and you're going to lose it. <laughs> right. But we, that so makes we, sense. you know, so we look for things outside of us to like, grasp onto rather than learning that skill of, you know, just being intentional with your, your choices and how you want to react and, and taking those actions or not taking actions or reactions with, with intentionality. And that really is a skill. It's not something that anyone teaches us in our life.
5: Now, now, is that a skill you can develop or is that one of those skills that
4: it's a skill. you're born
5: with it or you're not?
4: I think uh, it's that one, one of the tools that I teach in my coaching is emotional childhood versus emotional adulthood. So hmm. in emotional childhood, we really are dependent on our parents and our teachers and our world to take care of us. and And we're really dependent on that for, to be, to survive, right? but then when we become adults, there's like, we really are responsible for how we get to create our life, how we want to react to things, we get to choose that. And, um, but no one teaches us about this like shift. <laughs> so most of us are still really in emotional childhood on some level, mentally. Oh, that's fair. yeah, I mean, yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess as you're saying this, and and some of this is making sense, and some of it, I'm kinda I understand I don't my brain's not wrapped around it a hundred percent yet, but I keep coming back to this thought. And, and why do we, why do we all as a profession act so surprised when we see the numbers about burnout? when we see the people leaving our field? Uh, when we see the stress level you know, studies that ASHA puts out why do we all act surprised about this when even you said it that like no one teaches us how to handle this in grad school like I remember going to I quit my career and threw everything into grad school and there was that risk of if I didn't make it into grad school I just wasted a year at leveling courses to get into grad school and then if I don't pass grad school then i just wasted two years of grad school and then if i do one thing to goof up during my cf year i've lost my licensure if i don't pay my asha dues i'm going to not be able to do another job like why don't we ever talk about this until the breaking point
4: (laughs) yes and that's why i'm like I need to do this like, <laughs> because I I've went through it. I've gone through it myself. I've, I've oh, okay. pulled myself out of it. And I've gone through several cycles of burnout myself. Um, uh, my story is that, that I decided I was going to quit being an SLP and, and become a life coach. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that when I became a life coach, I literally learned the skills of how to love my job again. And I literally learned those, you know, personal responsibility and, and, and empowerment skills. So then there was no urgent need for me to quit my job because I love it so much.
5: <laughs> now, is that where the SLP burnout was born then from, from those blending together?
4: Yes. Yes. Okay. And so, you know, I was like, I have to. I have to work with SLPs because this is something we need. Like this is so rampant in our in our field. We have a lot of stressors. <laughs> we need agreed to manage
5: this. So okay. So let's say that I've already hit my burnout mark, or or listener uh, Sally or Jim out there has has hit their burnout mark. What? are some of the options to get back? I I was clicking through your blog earlier today and there was something on there. Maslow's before something else. Is that an option? How do we fix ourselves? Is there, you know, my mom always told me to take a mental health day. If I was too stressed at work, like what, what are some of our legit options other than, uh, I'm going to take a mental health day and sleep till noon. And then maybe, maybe I'll get up and get dressed.
4: Yeah. well i think if you have to do that you should, i think you should be doing that before you get to burnout
5: oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm calling in tomorrow i'm gonna say that uh my well, my coach merced told me i could do it and i'll be there
4: mental health <laughs> is health isn't it funny because we don't think of mental health as being mm-hmm. health
5: mm-hmm. It's
4: like that's the most important health that we have really is our mental health um but I think the first thing is do not blame yourself and be kind to yourself. Most of us, if you're a human being, we have this kind of ticker tape in our brain that is very critical and very, I mean I mean, sometimes it can just be very unconscious. You're not even realizing how down on ourselves we can get. So I think that's the first thing is be kind to yourself. Hmm. Don't blame yourself. In, in that same thing, be careful about blaming other people too and blaming other situations because when we do that, it takes all of our own power away. But I think just being kind to yourself is the first step. And I do like, um, you know, just taking care of those basics. Like you mentioned, we have to we have to uh, Maslow before we can bloom. <laughs> that's that what it
5: was. I couldn't remember what the other part was, but yes, that's what it was.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So talking about uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and then I think it's uh, Bloom's educational something. Yeah. Hierarchy. <laughs> taxonomy uh, taxonomy <laughs> yeah. of
5: educational objectives. There we yeah. go. Yes. Well, and I find that interesting that because I feel like even from my own personal history, there's there's a difference between saying I'm going to take time to do this for myself and I'm doing this because I'm depressed or burned mm-hmm. out or whatever you want to say. You know, I mean there's a difference between saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to take the I don't have I have like two students or two clients on Tuesday, so I'm going to call them, move them to Friday. I'm going to take the day." going to sleep in till eight, go out, get my hair cut, get new shoes for work, blah, 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 versus saying, well, I'm just going to call in, right? And then saying, I can't get out of bed till three because I'm so depressed. Like, I feel like those are, Mm -hmm. they can mask each other. You could say you're doing this for mental health and then it's really, peace out, I'm I'm depressed.
4: Yeah, and I mean, I think it's important to be in touch with with the medical side too because i mean it is it's this is a real issue and that's why um i mean most people who most people who are in burnout they haven't taken those that time for themselves they don't have that buy-in for self-care on the front on the front end um so yeah it can be definitely accompanied with Depression and anxiety, and um, you know how do you manage all? How do you manage all those thoughts? And and I think it is important to make sure you're in touch with your healthcare provider. Um, there's there's counseling. There's therapists. I I'm a big proponent of of life coaching. Mm-hmm. That's what works for me. But every it's different for everyone.
5: Now, what is life coaching? And that's what I was going to say is like, if someone's interested in coming to you, how do they start that? What is life coaching? Yeah, so, I don't know any of that, actually.
4: <laughs> yeah, so what I do is first we, we do a little intake and I help them identify, you know, where they're getting stuck and, and some of the main things that they need to work on to, to get themselves out of burnout. Um, Whether it be setting some clearer boundaries, making some decisions, but based on um, a lot of times, you know, I like for my clients to be able to make decisions that are coming from a place of clarity and not from a place of complete escape. Um, And then, and just getting them to that, that place of where they can see things more clearly. What do you
5: mean by that? Come from a place of clarity versus experience. yeah.
4: So what I mean by that is I like to really, I, I call myself kind of like a thought ninja. So I look <laughs> at what my clients are thinking because that's where all their power is. So when we, everything you think causes you to feel an emotion. Mm-hmm. An emotion is a vibration in your body. Stay with me. Stay with, with me. You. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> Your emotions drive your actions in life, right? Your actions create your results. And so your thinking is a good place to see like, well, how did I get to this place? How did, how did this, you know, how did my boundaries get so off? Like how, how, how did I get here? That helps us understand that part. And then it also helps us create Getting into your future self. What do you want your future self to look like, or feel like, or be doing? And um, how are we going to get you there? What are we? What steps are we going to take? And a lot of what I do is breaking down all of those thoughts in a very systematic way. Slow everything down. Which (laughs) that doesn't sound
5: easy. That does not sound easy, and that feels like. Go ahead. I was going to say, that feels like I have to be very open about myself. And I think maybe that might be a first barrier for a lot of people, not being realistic about what they can or can't do.
4: Actually, you're, you're exactly right. Like you do have to have a level of just, and that's why I say start with kindness mm-hmm. for yourself. And then from there, just get really curious. You know, like, why, why am I feeling this way? Like, what am I thinking? Just get super curious about yourself and try to make it, like, come from a non-judgmental place and give, you know, like you said, curiosity and openness and willingness. That's just, as you know, to open the door to see what your possibilities might might want, what you want to create for yourself. Because when you're in burnout and when you're in burnout, you really can't see any, you don't see a lot of solutions or possibility. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I, I, I I think I've said this story before on air and if not, this is the first time and I probably shouldn't be saying it, but like my old job, I was willing to leave the schools and switch completely because I started the year off with like almost 120 kids. Uh, It ended the year with 70 kids. Uh, you know, 67 direct service students and and like 40 indirect service kids. I was willing to quit. And then I was offered a job that had like 40 students and I gave it a shot. It was probably one of the best things I've ever done. But I I see where you're coming from, where it was in burnout. I remember I went to a burnout class. I think I mentioned this at the beginning uh, where we went to at, at ASHA, but the, the burnout clinic told or class told us, you know, listen to music and turn out the lights for 10 minutes a day. And that actually made it worse. Like, <laughs> it was like, great, is my 10 minutes up yet? Can I go get my kids? Like, the bell just <laughs> rang, I don't have time for this.
4: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I do think, not that I don't think that that is helpful, but you have to get it the cause, first of all. Mm-hmm. You have to eliminate that piece before you can start creating and, and getting to where you want to be. Um,
5: I find it funny that you keep saying, come back to the cause and, and we claim ourselves to be diagnosticians. We are pathologists. We try to find the root of everything except to ourselves where we just say, Oh, we must be at fault and not the thousand other items on our plate that can only hold 900. Like, I, I like that idea of going back to the cause.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot, and most of the time the cause can be, go back to your boundaries and your decisions. I was thinking right before I came down here. Um, <laughs> so we, we write these goals for, for our students that are, you right. know, so-and-so will answer yes and no questions. <laughs> about, right, right. But well, we need to do that for ourselves as well. So upstairs, I'm down in my office right now and upstairs uh, around my bed are, four huge laundry baskets full of unfolded clothes <laughs> <laughs> and you know the old me would have gotten like it just would have really annoyed me and right. and and been just kind of like not bothered me on the surface but bothered me kind of inside like deep down and what I what I do now is I literally so I'm like you know I'm saying yes to those clothes I'm giving that a yes. Like I'm giving that a conscious yes. Like I'm going to say yes to this mess in my bedroom because intentionally I want to go down and be on podcasts and I want to help as many SLPs as I can. (laughs) And I feel good about that.
5: (laughs) Now, should we ever feel bad when we say no, when we set those boundaries? Like I I feel, for example, with this show, we try to bring out a show every week, but You know, on average, we're doing about 33 shows a year instead of the 52 because Michael, Michelle, myself, we all have families and have jobs and, you know, we have to say no to something. And sometimes this is the thing we say no to. And sometimes it's, you know, something else that we say no to. How do you balance that? Hey, I'm not going to feel bad about saying no to this.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? So be careful
5: because if you say if you tell me not to say no to this, and then the show's over. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the thing is, is thirty three thirty three shows. That's that's really amazing. Right. Like, so so often, like, there's so much here I could go into, but like, mm-hmm. so often we forget like what we are doing and like giving ourselves credit. Like, holy cow! Like that's amazing. That is awesome. That's fair that you've, that that you're all this free content for SLPs and and it's just like amazing. And that's awesome. Then the other piece is in life, we do experience negative emotion. Mm -hmm. That is a part of being a human being. But, um, one of the things I teach is about, there is negative emotion that is useful that you actually choose. Like, like, um, sometimes you might want to, be sad about something on purpose Mm. sometimes you might want to um feel brave about something like brave really doesn't it's not a positive emotion it's really Really? (laughs) doesn't it brave doesn't really feel good when you're doing it Huh? being brave like nervous right Yeah. yeah but that's like a useful negative emotion There are some negative emotions though that are really aren't useful and don't really serve us like guilt. Okay. Like regret. Those types of emotions really cause us to, so just when you feel guilty, what things do you do? It's like, you probably have a lot of negative Mm self-talk, make a lot of excuses or blame other people. And when you do that, remember your actions create your results in life. So, you know, and get get, using that emotion to create doesn't really create very good results in your life. It's really not. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, So going back to your question is, should I feel bad? I just don't think it's useful let's say that like That's is it fair. useful or is it not hmm. i
5: never thought about that i like that though i feel like like looking at it is is it a useful emotion or not a useful emotion like yeah. i feel ready to conquer some ideas on burnout now <laughs> <laughs> so let's say someone is at home listening to this or driving and they want to get a hold of you how do they find you i know there's the slp burnout and we'll have a link down in our show notes, but how else do they get a hold of you? Where else do they find you? How do they get you as their life coach? How do we start that whole process? Yes,
4: yes, yes. So first of all, lots of free stuff that I have on my blog, um, slpburnoutcoach.com. You can
0: email me at
4: Angie at slpburnoutcoach.com, and I also offer a free consultation if you're interested in working with a life coach I do a free hour-long consultation so we really kind of get in depth during that that time Mm -hmm. Um, so you get some feedback and tips during that time as well Um, I have lots of lots of hacky stuff like on saving time but also um, I have a lot on like why it works and why why it helps with burnout perfect yeah
5: we will send them your way and before we wrap it up because you've been so awesome with your time uh my previous job put me in the southern tier of upstate new york so i have to ask you because it is february (laughs) you are north of the finger lakes how cold is it how much snow do you have because i'm an ohio boy and my first overnight snow, there was like 13 inches of snow in Elmira. And I thought I was going to die in a snowbank. And they're like, yeah, don't be late for work. And I'm yeah, like, no,
4: like, this is just what we do. Right.
5: So so how cold is it? How bad is it right now in the upstate New York area?
4: <laughs> Actually, today we had a little heat wave. I think it got up in the 40s. Hmm. So, And we've got right now we, we a lot melted, but... Um, we, we, right now we only have like three or four inches. So, but, but yes, we, yeah, we do the snow thing. We it was
5: 51 degrees today. I got my car washed. I just oh, want to say that. Nice. Angie Merced <laughs> from the SLP burnout Thank you so much for sitting with us today.
4: Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm Stephanie Munoz from the Informed SLP. Try this. Say buh, buh, buh as quickly and accurately as you can. Buh, 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 buh. Yep, we're doing Alternating Motion Rates or AMRs. AMRs have been a staple in motor speech assessments for decades, and they're great. They're easy to use and can tell us a lot about what's going on behind the scenes in people who might have a motor speech disorder. But there's a problem. When we say ba-ba-ba-ba-ba as fast as possible, we start to use itty bitty little lip and jaw movements to get more reps in. And there's concern that these smaller movements may mask underlying impairments in people with motor speech disorders. So how can we improve the situation? One idea is to give patients a fixed target they need to hit when doing AMRs. Instead of letting your patient make the smallest jaw movements possible, now they need to touch your hand or another device with their chin with each repetition. Let's try it together. First, say "ba." Hold your mouth open and place your hand at the point where your jaw is fully extended. "Ba." Now keep your hand there and repeat B as quickly and accurately as you can. But this time, make sure your chin touches your hand each time. "Ba ba 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 ba." Notice the difference in effort and movement between the standard and fixed target tasks. Now let's look at what Eshke and colleagues found in their new study in Frontiers in Neurology comparing these two types of AMRs in individuals with ALS and in healthy controls. They found that fixed target AMRs elicit movements that are both bigger and faster than the standard AMRs. Basically, they challenge the neuromotor system more than the standard version does. And challenging the system is kind of the point of AMRs in the first place. This study also provides early evidence that we might be able to compare performance on the standard and fixed target AMR tasks to track the neuromotor abilities of individuals with ALS over time. So at this point, it's really important to note that this research is still in early stages and your clinic almost certainly doesn't have the measurement tools that these authors used. But with that said, there's also little cost to adding fixed target AMRs into your practice. So if you're interested, try it out. Putting both the standard and fixed target tasks together might give you more insight into your patient's neuromuscular function and their ability to adapt to higher articulatory demands. To learn more about this paper and other new research, check out our reviews on the There's links to both the original article and the review in the show notes. The informed SLP makes it easy for you to stay up to date on all of the clinically relevant research across the lifespan that comes out every month. Know what works to do what works.
5: Welcome back to Speech Science, episode number 107. I'm Matt Hott, joined around the country, we can say now. Everyone's on the East Coast. Michael McLeod. What's up? Hey, Mike. Michelle Wintering. Hi, Matt. Hi, Michelle and Rachel Archambault. Hello. I say your name really fast in case I screw up your last name the pronunciation. If you just—it's okay. It, okay. <laughs> yeah, just Archambault. It's Just Archambault. Yeah. Sounds good to me. So, we we talked about the status. We talked about the service. We're gonna talk about stress, but Mike, uh, on one of our segments, we do have the uh, SS Pod shout out, which is where we give recognition to people doing awesome things. Uh, Rachel, you've been a previous SS Pod shout-out hashtag award winner, I guess. I don't even know what you want to call award that. Winner.
1: We'll but mail you your prize <laughs> we'll, someday. <laughs> we'll,
5: we'll put it on Twitter. That's what it is. Perfect. But Mike, who you have one for this week. What is our SS Pod shout out?
2: Yes. Uh, I wanted to give a speech science shout out to, uh, miss autumn autumn Ryan's, uh, of expand your scope. You can find Instagram at expand your scope. Uh, so what she does is she matches CCC SLPs with each other for mentoring and shadowing. Uh, you can check her out. She's always posting really great stuff. She's posting about teletherapy. Now um, always posting great resources for SLPs to, uh, to kind of extend their learning and learn from each other and bringing people together, uh, she's really been active on social media for years and years now. I've always followed her, uh, and I figured we should give her a shout out. Check out her Instagram and her social medias. That is awesome. Yeah, I have uh, I have talked to Autumn a couple times when we first
5: started the show, and we were going to do a couple different interviews, and then life got in the way. And uh, yeah, so awesome, great SS Pod shout out. Do we have any? Uh, what was it? SS Pod. Um, due process due process i don't yes. have
2: any let's put coronavirus through due process <laughs> I like it.
5: the ss pod coronavirus due process i like that so okay we've talked status we now know what our states are in and that's going to change in the next 24 hours because they all do <laughs> we know what the services we're doing which we don't have any clue of or guidance anywhere well
1: which,
5: that's in the schools yeah, that's in the schools yeah um I've seen private practices. Mike, you said your building was shut down. From my side, the home health care, my caseload is actually increasing because they don't want to send patients to the hospital. So I'm seeing more home care patients because they don't want an outpatient. But let's talk about stress. This is stressful. And and Rachel, you are the PTSD SLP. We connected and we talked and we aired your your, your interview a couple months back. Or a couple episodes back, I don't remember at About this a point. a year ago, yeah. Was it a year ago already? It was like October, maybe. Oh wow! But what are some? And who has the police siren in the background?
2: That's you, Matt.
5: No, I think oh that's Rachel, me. it's <laughs> you. We <laughs> can't even hear you. Yeah.
1: It's War part of. of.
5: It is part of the stress it's level. Part of the
1: show. Waiting what? for someone to raise their hand to say <laughs> something. Let's
5: let's fast forward. Let's just fast forward past this. This is either April seventh or seventeenth or may or october we're going to be working with students we're going to be working with patients who their stress levels are through the roof what's one of the first things we need to do just to reassure some of our patients or or students
3: i i think validating their concerns and i shared a post today on my instagram um about like this is dismissive and this is supportive. And I, the biggest thing when you are talking to your students or talking to your clients or patients is just don't be dismissive. If they have a fear, it's totally okay to say, like, this is a tough time that we're going through. Um, do you want to talk more about it? Do you not want to talk about it? And, and that's fine. But um, when you have someone that says, we'll, we'll be fine, guys. I can imagine teachers saying that or don't mm-hmm. don't worry about it, it's gonna be over soon. It may not be and it, that isn't helpful. Just validate the fears and ask them if they wanna talk about it or if they don't wanna talk about it because some people may want to and some people don't and especially in groups, I don't know how my group sessions are gonna go but I know that some choose not to talk about it and I don't want one kid to leave the conversation and be like, guys,
5: so so is yeah so is saying we're all going to be okay is you said that's dismissive
3: i would say it's not especially helpful okay um because some of us aren't all going to be okay there i i know um my grandpa personally is 92 and he lives at home with my mom Mm -hmm. and i see him when I work at the schools, I work there five days a week, I go over there at least three days a week just to pop in. Now I'm not popping in and I don't really want to out of fear of have I been exposed to it. And Mm
5: -hmm. that,
3: that is a tough time. You don't know what kids are going through. You don't know what staff is going through. So it's just easier to say, I hear your concerns. That's definitely a fear. Do you want to talk more about it and let them lead it, but also be aware of the other students or other people around so you're not leading a conversation that other people might feel is very, uh, a tough topic to discuss.
5: I've, I've read that they said that this is in Ohio. They say that a hundred thousand people priority already have it. Most are not showing the signs and it'll be a, about a point. What did they say? 0.5 to 1% death rate when it is all said and done. I like that. I like validating the theory, or they're validating their their fears. Let's talk about validating our fears. Michelle, are you currently working right now? Or are you? Is everyone home? No,
1: we're well. As of Friday, my outpatient clinic is clo- the two locations I work are closed for minimum okay. two weeks. Now, I will say, when you say fears of therapists, I think the big thing that I am hearing, talking to my coworkers, and these are speech therapists, physical and occupational therapists as well as our admin staff as anybody who's not on salary, right? Yeah. Which is A lot of therapists um, are not getting a paycheck for whatever this indefinite amount of time is. And that's the same for somebody like Mike, right? In private practice, unless he's able to revamp like he has. And I'm sure that's probably less than what your normal caseload mm-hmm. would be. So I think the the big fear I'm hearing people talk about is is a financial concerns for depending how long this plays out
5: yeah I, I that that's one of the i wouldn't lie if i'm saying that's not one of the reasons i still do the home care side is because <laughs> that's not salary that that's the extra income while my wife is taking care of two young boys and and our third on the way which it might be the first time i'm mentioning that on air but
1: baby, baby. girl oh,
5: by the way baby Congrats. hotness baby, baby female, love hotness. It. Love it. Baby female. Um, nice yeah you
1: said it's a little girl it, is that the first is that the
5: first time you announced this yeah and michelle is that the first time what? i'm telling you
1: yes you haven't oh. told us that it was a girl you put you that in there so... it somewhere
5: i thought i posted that you, you, i'm sorry i don't check comment. your facebook all the time <laughs> so yeah so <laughs> baby female hot but no that's one of the
2: reasons <laughs> that I'm, I'm out there working female hot nice
5: oh uh, we have a name but i don't i'm not allowed to mention that anywhere so i'm not
1: but... <laughs> don't put that on a podcast
2: <laughs> yeah do it release yeah, it to no, the none fans. of my family
5: none of my family listens to this so they wouldn't know <laughs> but but no there is like the legit stress of the financials uh, you're not wrong there at all there's the i'm getting to the point where i'm becoming terrified to just stand in the grocery store mm-hmm. not because mm-hmm. i'm afraid i'm going to get it not because i'm afraid my wife or kids are going to get it my kids are both my boys have have uh, tracheomalacia which is a, a funky little flappy airway my concern is is that i'm going to get it and then take it into one of these nursing homes or take it to my dad who is over 60 diabetic background of heart disease and asthma you know, Rachel, you are talking about your grandfather.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm.
5: that's where my stress levels coming from, and, and the financials. Thanks, Michelle. I didn't even think about the financial part.
2: This is literally on. <laughs> this is literally on everyone's mind twenty four seven. You can't mm-hmm. leave like like I don't open the door without thinking about like is the doorknob clean or like right. how like all the times I'm washing my hands to the point where my hands are like bleeding, mm-hmm. and I and I had to put moisturizer on my hands. It's I went insane. to see a, uh, I, it's 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 nuts
5: I went to see a patient this weekend and uh, I'm not giving anything hippo away I walked through the door and the patient said stop right there I put fresh soap and hand lotion in the guest bathroom wash your hands before you even sit down
3: that's good
5: and that's then I, good. I did it and I came out and they were like I am so sorry for the inconvenience and I'm like nope all good. <laughs> Honestly, I really appreciate that because you lowered my stress level down. What are some ways, and and, and I'm not trying to oversell or undersell anything, Rachel, but when we look at traumatic or, or trauma-induced care or mm-hmm. trauma-induced uh, moments, everyone handles trauma a little bit differently. We're all going to come back harder, I guess, like harder in the head, harder in the soul, whatever you want to call it. How do we break through that as therapists? Because we work in dysphagia. We're going to have a patient cough. A patient is going to cough in our face because they do. A kid is going to sneeze on our table. When, we, when we're talking about going back to therapy and going back to normal, how do we compartmentalize that so that it's not every time something happens, it's a, a trigger. And, and I'm not trying to undersell a trigger, but I hear a cough in the grocery store and I'm like, no, is that a dry cough? This, that sound-
3: this is traumatic is what the, the overreaching part of my Instagram is just like things are traumatic. And I would say that this is a big traumatic event, whether it's a big T or little T to people is based on our, their individual perspective of it. And I think there are some people that are walking around right now thinking this is not a big issue. And then you have, um, what was it? Like three weeks ago, I went on a field trip with students that were wearing like winter gloves in Florida because they were worried. They were like sweating outside, because they were so stressed about this. And one of the things that happened after my incident two years ago was we heard new normal. And this is going to be a new normal. You're gonna have people carrying on this extreme hygiene. And that might be a good thing, might not be a good <laughs> thing. Um, but especially we work in the medical setting and I feel like uh, when I was in undergrad, I was maybe a little bit too lax with it. And there I think there's a happy medium that you can wipe things down like I just lice my shoes when I came in and I really should be doing that (laughs) but um this is a new normal and we have to get there but you also have to be aware of your um triggers emotions and you have to talk about it you have to um identify them is the big thing what is stressing you out here is the is it the financials that are the big thing and how can you uh compartmentalize that is it the job security part of it? Is it the, the family life? It, you just have to be aware of what your triggers are and look into them, address them. Um, I love the meditation apps on the phone. I've been using that a lot <laughs> just to de-stress when th- people send me too, ma- too many emails, work emails. I can't handle it right now.
1: I've been using a couple apps for that too. That's uh, I recommend it. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think every single one of us have, have just sat on the couch and like felt our forehead and like, do I have a fever? Yeah. Do I have a cough? How does my throat feel? Every single one of us has, has tried to mentally diagnose ourselves with Corona and it's, it's, it it really takes a toll on you.
5: Yeah, I will say that there is something de-stressing about going into all these nursing homes and, and nursing facilities because they take my temperature, uh, like I said, twice every time I'm going into a place so it is kind of, I, I mean, the stress level is like, oh my gosh, am I going to spike a fever? But afterwards when they're like 97.1, 96.8, 97.3, I'm like, okay, I'm either asymptomatic at this point or maybe I, I haven't, been, haven't been exposed. The, the app that I use, uh, the, you guys were talking about meditation apps. I use the three-minute retreat, uh, three-minute retreat app it's a Jesuit app. So if you guys are like backgrounds in the Catholicism, Jesuit area, that's what that's for. But.
3: I know, um, Headspace is one that just free, free for healthcare. You just need your NPI number, which is great for us. Um, there's also calm, which if you are in education, if you have an email address connected to, um, like a school board, it's free also. So those are two. Right. So maybe for SLPs can use that. And I think breathe. There's like stop, breathe, think was also. I have all the premium ones. I did not pay for any of them.
5: I know Headspace, uh, they also just released something for teachers too. So I don't think you need an MPI number right now. I think it's just a uh, like a school email. Oh, good. But don't quote me on that 100%. I was just reading through that because I have an MPI number.
3: I just signed up for that one a, a few days ago. The other ones were education emails for sure, but Headspace that would be good.
5: I feel like I feel like there's more that we should talk about, but I also feel like this is a good place to end this. <laughs>
2: I need a haircut, yeah. and I'm worried about getting one.
5: So you say that, and I'm glad you said that comically. That's so true. <laughs> because like, it, okay, so I have a rule when we were talking about this in my social skills group, that when my hair touches my ear, that's the are, sign. That are I you need in to the military?
1: Because that's the rule.
5: Is it really? Yeah. Well, no. I just don't like. I feel like it feels too shaggy on me. So, and I get, I guess, yeah, I get the reverse fade. So I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, all right, this was like Thursday. I was like, all right, I'll just kind of. If everything's okay, maybe Monday I'll go get a haircut. And then Friday they're like, hair salon's closed today at 6. And I was like, well, hair gelling it up, and I'm going to have the welcome back Cotter uh, reverse John Travolta look going on here in about six weeks when we can't get haircuts. But (laughs) I'm so glad you said that, Mike, because that's that's so true.
2: That's what I'm dealing with, man.
5: So so I want to say this is only to the 3.5% of male SLPs ladies that have long and 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 the female your percentage keeps
1: changing though it's like (laughs) 3.8
5: actually but like keeps going up okay so for the male slps and the female slps that have shorter hair we're all in the boat together this is terrible michelle rachel i see that you have longer hair Uh, i can let it grow no one's gonna notice (laughs) in six weeks you'll just ponytail it we are going to find out what color hair might.
2: That's, have that's true.
1: That's true. Wait till you have two kids. There's my a My friend, who's a, a stylist, posted, she goes, No matter how bad it gets, just remember cutting your own bangs is never the answer.
2: <laughs> true. Uh,
5: you know what? I might just go to the, uh, uh, what is it? The Bruce, what's his name? Bruce Willis look. You're just, just going to shave, shave it. it. Just go flat. Yep. It might grow back by the time you're back yep. in mm-hmm. school.
2: I did that with my beard. I got so uh, I got so bored the other night. I, I shaved it with a <laughs> razor for the first time in, in like six years. It's finally coming back. It looked terrible. I was going to say you did
5: look a little bit more baby face now that you say that you lost the beard. Now I understand. Thanks, man. Aww. No problem. You lost 10 Appreciate years. It. Okay. Okay, y'all. So we talked about the status. We talked about the service. We talked about the stress. I, I feel this was very cathartic. This is kind of getting back to normal. New normal.
1: I like the new normal. The new normal. Well, you're going to have to establish a normal during the quarantine, and then you're going to have a whole nother normal after that. So, yeah,
5: got to adjust.
2: I cannot wait for this to be over. (laughs) This sucks.
5: I've honestly thought like we should all be journaling our time here because, like it or not, we are in the middle of a historic moment in the the, the timeline of our species, and in 50 years or 100 years, we're going to look back on this like they do for the bubonic plague or the Spanish flu, and we're going to wonder why people were so dumb or so smart, hopefully smart, but I don't know. I've thought about it. I, I've really thought about it.
2: We'll always have this podcast. That's true. This is for <laughs> the four of us. True. It, listen to it. Oh my listen God. To it if this years. is
5: still going on in six months, this will no longer be the speech science podcast. It'll be like the coronavirus pandemic updates. <laughs> yeah. I do, I, I do want to give some shout outs.
2: Previous um, SLP. I do
5: want to give some shout outs. coming up next week on the the show, I am bumping up our my interview with Aylet Miranovich uh, from Learn with Less. Uh, She talks about the importance of play therapy in your home and how to do developmental norms without having to buy all the toys, which I figured was super helpful uh, because all of our kids are stuck home with us now for the next two to three weeks. Also uh, ABC mouse has free stuff going on right now. Any other stuff that you guys know from the therapy wise that, or, or from parent wise that are like free stuff for kids. I know the Cincinnati zoo is doing a free interaction every day at like one or two o'clock. So you get to see my sons were watching baby penguins yesterday.
3: I also was watching penguins at whatever zoo, let them walk freely throughout the zoo and visit the yes. other animal enclosures. I don't know. I've, that's the only thing that makes me happy right now. <laughs> watching the penguins.
5: I get, do you guys know anything? Is the Columbus zoo or, or down in Louisville, anything going on that are free for parents?
1: Um, or therapist? I, I don't know about the Louisville Zoo I'll have to check I feel like I, I know the Columbus Zoo does because that's my hometown <laughs> I've got that one on there
5: I was going to say the wilds is awesome Mike anything, that, yep. anything you know about going on that's worth for parents or therapists it's Mike there I think Maybe Mike froze Mike. Oh! oh the perils of live podcasting to tape <laughs> live to tape Hey, but check our
1: speech science page because we've been, Mike and I have both been posting things that come up as free resources, whether that's for educators or teachers or just a fun video to watch online. So (laughs) help yourself. So
5: so while we wrap this up, Rachel, tell us something that you are doing this week. We are not doing therapy related stuff this week. Tell us something you are doing for your own mental sanity.
3: um, I'm watching Netflix. OK, I, uh, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of chick flicks, which I never do, um, but it's just it's mindless. It's it's interesting. Very predictable. And I can get some other stuff done around the house that I've been putting off. But still, when I'm stressed, I go into this major cleaning mode. Uh, so I do that and listen to Netflix at the same time. That's what that's I'm doing.
5: A, that's awesome. Mike, welcome back. We are not, we are not doing therapy related information on this time. What are you doing in the next week for your own mental sanity?
2: Uh, I've been trying to run as much as I can, are but, you really? there's, but there's a lot of people outside uh, and it's very hard to avoid them in Philly. Uh, six feet
1: away, six feet away.
2: Six feet, but it's very hard to stay six feet away. People will, <laughs> will walk right next to you. Uh, so I've done like different, like at home workouts and like, trying to stay active as much as I can. I went to my clinic today to grab a few things. Uh, yeah, doing a lot of... Uh, no therapy, of Mike. No therapy. That's what this is about. Well, I I grabbed I grabbed, uh, grabbed Lysol wipes. Oh, okay. It? Well, that's it. Nice. <laughs> <That's- laughs>
5: Michelle, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing for your mental sanity this week?
1: Um, Rachel made me think of this with binging shows, but my husband and I have gotten hooked on The Masked Singer. So... Oh. Yes, I know. I didn't think I would like it at all. And then now now I'm totally hooked on it. But uh, that's been a good mental break and trying to do at-home workouts and go on long walks with my son. There you
5: go. How is baby speech science, by the way? He is
1: full on toddler and not so much baby anymore.
5: I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) Toddler speech science.
5: Yeah,
1: 20-month-old toddler speech science.
5: My three-year-old and six-year-old, I had to lie to them today and tell them that the recipe for my eggs that I made them came from their godfather, Spencer Miller. And they were like, these are the best eggs ever. And I'm like, same eggs I
2: made you yesterday, but cool.
5: (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Whatever works.
2: (laughs) Whatever. You better better hope they don't listen to the podcast.
5: (laughs) They're in bed. That's why we waited until after 830 tonight. Um, My mental game. Uh, so I'm playing a video game with my six-year-old and my three-year-old watches. It is called Jurassic World Evolutions, and it is a mixture of The Sims meets Rollercoaster Tycoon mixed with Jurassic World. And I can't keep up with that. That's it sounds... <laughs> is the most <laughs> aggravating game I have ever played. I'm also enjoying these two things. Buffalo Trace. <laughs> Bourbon. And uh, moonshine.
2: So I know.
1: Even the distilleries are closed for. They're making hand sanitizer
5: now. Mm-hmm.
2: Have you guys heard of uh, Animal Crossing, the game? Yeah, I've
5: heard that, and I do not yeah. want to get involved
2: with that. I I, I, I think it's pretty cool, and I think I think I think it came out at around a really cool <laughs> time. I think it's helping a lot of people right now, bringing people together. You can visit each other's villages. No, oh, that's fair. I think it's very cool. Give it a shot, man. I, no, I don't need another addicting game. That's the problem. Put the buffalo <laughs> trace down. And get us, get a switch. I have Amaretto too. It's just that's Alright, sweet. Oh, our
5: so <laughs> I can't <didn't> even have <laughs> anything like that. You threw me off, man. I I, I can't even you at threw this him point. Off this game. All you right, threw me, me off. I was up, just again. starting that and then now I'm pulling up the thing. And Rachel, I do want to say thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks, Rachel.
3: thanks for having me i'll come back anytime
5: Woo! yeah i literally nice. sent her a message and said hey what are you doing tonight and she's like nothing and i was like perfect you want to come on air in about five minutes and she's like yeah and i was like for real and she's like yeah and i was like awesome i'll send I you should, the link i should
3: have said i had planned at like a massive barbecue not what? social media <laughs> yeah. i would have been but,
2: like yeah.
5: what why are you doing that
2: oh <laughs> Florida man no no excuses these days
5: (laughs) our intro music is please listen carefully by Jazar it's licensed under an attribution and share alike license our bump music is the county fair rock copyright a John Deku find all of his music at soundcloud.com slash dirt dog music the informed SLP music is at the count by broke for free that's licensed under a creative commons attribution license and our closing music which is playing right now that Slow Burn by Kevin MacLeod is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license in the immortal words of Janice Wright for real, be a willow under stress, the oak will crack and will not regrow, the willow will bend and take its true form afterwards for the willows, Michael MacLeod, Michelle Wintering, special guest, Rachel Archambault I'm Matt Hot until next week everybody, so long, be safe wash your hands and stay the f- home
1: and be a willow i love it
5: that's right awesome Awesome. that was actually really good
3: This has been an Exceptional Podcast Network production. Speech Science is edited and produced by MWH Production. Please follow Speech Science on Twitter at SpeechSciencePC and like our page on Facebook. For more original podcasts, please visit ExceptionalEd.com and rate and subscribe to our podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts.
5: Welcome to Speech Science, episode number 107, being brought to you live in the middle of a pandemic. I'm Matt Hutt, joined as always as I just, ah, hang on. Three, two, one. I, like, under-adjusted my mic, and then it went wonky. All right. I feel like we should leave that in. <laughs> That'll right go now. after. That'll go, uh-huh. Oh, really? I get louder? Did I, like, screw it up completely? Can you guys hear me? You're quiet. I, I yes. can hear you. Yeah. Now can you hear That's me? Better. Yes. All right. Cool. All right. I messed with my gain, and I didn't mean to. All right. Three, two, one. <clears throat> Welcome to Speech Science, episode number 107. I'm Matt Hott. Jo- Screw <laughs> that up again.
3: Our brains are mush.
1: Matt, my, you have to put brain, this in My brain is like a couple, a couple of blips now at this point. <laughs> Three. two, one. I'm just going to start
5: laughing if you start right one. now. Hold on. Okay, we're good. Welcome, Welcome to
4: Speech Science, episode number 107.